Richard Roundtree, the star of Shaft, that was a movie back in 1971, passed away a couple of days ago in the year 2023. And it brought back memories and I became very nostalgic thinking about my childhood. I was 19 and very impressionable and kind of excited to see black stars on the big screen. My name is Eric and welcome to the craziness that lives inside my head. When I was, uh, as I said, 19, I was just coming out of my, or I should say coming out of my teenage years and going into my young adult's year. And I have to admit, I had a couple of people in my life uh, that knew more about life than I did. And I had a friend I know I don't know if I talked about him before. It was you could say my first love, who, who I followed around like a puppy dog. He was a year older than me, and he knew more about what was happening in the streets than I did. So he took me to Forty Second Street, early nineteen seventy one, Forty Second Street, to the Forty Second Street movie. Forty Second Street had uh, the Forty Second Street, Eighth Avenue, Seventh Avenue with movie theaters. They stayed open 24 hours. And we had one out in bar. We were bar hopping. And I think it was like 2 o'clock in the morning. We went to the down to 42nd Street. We didn't want to go home. And, uh, of course, we had our reefer and our, and our wine. And we went into the movie house. And if you could say the very first black movie starring black stars was... Um, there on 42nd Street, and the movie was called Sweet, Sweet Back Ass Song. Melvin Van Peebles was starring in that. I'm not sure if he written it or anything. It was Melvin Van Peebles. And from what I remember, it was kind of weird. <laughs> it was weird, but then when you're smoking reefer and drinking wine, you're going to think anything is weird. But that was the first black film I saw. And it was okay. The only the, the moral to this this little piece about this this movie, I wound up meeting Melvin Van Peebles in person down on Wall Street. I used to work on Wall Street on the trading floor, and Melvin Van Peebles was there on the trading floor as a trader, as a broker. And yes, I talked to him. I you know I didn't want to Google eye him, which I wasn't really. I'm not a star person anyway. Besides, it was, you had to be professional working on the trading floor. I was a reporter and he was a, a trader, you know, a broker. And we talked a little bit. And I was trying to break into the business. And he gave me a little advice. And here I am. <laughs> so, remember that Peebles, I, after, um, after Richard Roundtree died, when I found out about that a couple of days ago, I went online and looked for Melvin Van Peebles. And I was surprised that Melvin Van Peebles died in 2021. 
Now, where was I in 2021? Didn't know that. I don't know. There's some years, as old as I am, there's some years I'm missing. And I'm missing the COVID years. I consider that 2020 to now, I'm kind of missing. I mean, I, the things, so many things happened between those two years that I can't keep up with. Well, anyway, it, don't ask me. I didn't know at the time that, that uh, Melvin V. Peebles passed away in 2021. Then I got sad. I know that's somebody I really met in person. My, one of my first stars I met in person, worked together, talked. Saw his, I don't know if his first movie, but saw one of the first movies, uh, what they consider the black exploitation movie. Then the next one I thought about was Ron O'Neill, Superfly. Now, Ron O'Neill, Superfly was the second. Well, I, at this point, it was the third black movie I saw down on 42nd Street. And like I said, my friend uh, Morris was very well into, he was into that kind of lifestyle. It's, if you know, it was made in 1972 and Superfly had to deal about a, a, drug, uh, a drug dealer who was trying to make it in life. He was trying to sell, do his last big sell and to live live his, uh, the normal life that people live. And um, the, the one who made the music, the, the theme song, uh, was Curtis Mayfield. And my favorite uh, song from that movie was Freddy's Dead. Because me, me and my friend, we had a mutual friend named Freddy. And he was so much, he was so high on drugs all the time. So that movie for us was very apropos. And um, Ron O'Neill died in 2004. And once again, I'm thinking, did I know that? Did I come across that back in 2004? And uh, I probably did. That one I think I did. But 2004, how many was that? 10 years ago? 15 years ago? 13 years ago? Well, anyway, I'm, I'm getting old, so I'm not going to remember every little thing. That's why I'm trying to do these podcasts about the old days, trying to was ever fresh in my mind. So if you listen to my podcast, it won't be in a timeline because I might wake up in the middle of the night, oh, I remember that. And then I have to put my clothes on and do a podcast. <laughs> well, anyway, Ron O'Neill passed away in 2004. And Curtis Mayfield, of course, was one of my favorite uh, musicians. And then going t- on this... Um, 42nd Street late at night. And by the way, movies was $2. And there was a lot of winos in these movie houses on 42nd Street. We're talking about the 60s and 70s. And there was a lot of homeless people. And if you're a homeless person and you could get up $2, you can go in there, let's say, 8 o'clock in the morning, pay your $2. You could stay there all day, all night. They, they never really bothered you. As far as I know, they never bothered you. Um... Until it gets too ridiculous, because you know how it is. It gets, if it's too many homeless people in there, I think they did kick you out after a while. If it's too many, but if it's one or two, I don't you go in the balcony, go to sleep. They don't bother you for two dollars. That was cheaper to do that than go into a, a rooming house. I don't even know. they call them flop houses. Now they call them shelters. They have flop houses. I don't remember. I don't know how the flop houses worked back then. I don't even know how the shelters work now. But I do know that on Forty Second Street. And I've done this a lot with my friend Morris. 
We will go bar hopping. We we get bored. We're not ready to go home. We go to Forty Second Street, pay our two dollars, bring our reefer, and our and our and our uh, wine. Sit in the front row and watch movies. And you know, for you get more than one movie. You always get an A movie, which was the starring movie, and then you get a B movie. And in the B movie, during these black exportation time, um, Pam Greer. Now. Some of you might say, oh, I know Pam Greer. I think her famous movie was Foxy Brown. Okay, but Pam Greer in the late 60s and early 70s was in these, um, I call them women prison movies. And there was always, you only see him uh, on 42nd Street. And that's how I uh, she became famous for me. She was always, a, I mean, we watched the A movie. Like you might watch, uh, uh, Superfly. That's the A movie, and then the B movie would be, uh, like they say, B movie wasn't as popular as the A movie, and she would be on this movie screen. Now, you may think this is disgusting, but this is a true story. I don't know what movie it was. They probably banned that movie because on Forty Second Street, you could see anything you want on Forty Second Street. Forty Second Street also had X-rated movies. They had a lot of porn movies mixed in with the regular movies, so. You never know what you're going to get. They only had two. As I know, there was two porn movies on 42nd Street. Actually, that's where I saw uh, The Devil and Mrs. Jones. I saw that on 42nd Street for $2. Anyway, so Pam Greer, she became famous for me because she was in these women prison movies. Right? These women that in prison. And there was a scene. That really, my friend loved the scene. There was a scene where, where she's trying to escape. She, she's trying to convince the security guard or the, the correction officer to do something. So she would stand up close to the, to the jail. And then he would proceed to masturbate her while she's standing there. And, and she let him do this so she gets special favors. I was like, fortunately, I was grossed out of my mind. But uh, my friend Mars, I think he loved the scene. I was saying, oh, no. Oh, no. I could, oh, no. Oh, no. They can't be doing this. Actually, they don't actually show you the actual masturbation. They show you, they, they show her face. They show his face. And then they may have a, a quick shot where his hand is. And his hand was up her dress. So, anyway, that's how Pam Greer became famous for me. And then, then one day I heard, I saw, well, not one day, but then when they, she came out with that movie, Foxy Brown, I said, oh, I know her. Oh, I know her. <laughs> now, granted, I don't know if that's in Foxy Brown or not. I don't think so. But she was in a lot of uh, pr women prison movies. I think I, I Googled it. She was in three or four of them. And they were B movies. You only saw them on 42nd Street. So now I want to get back to Richard Roundtree movie, Shaft. Okay, when Shaft came out, Isaac Hayes wrote the um, the theme song. He wrote the whole album. I think that was a very. I think that album made came came out to be number one for that year. And you may say to me, "Oh well, the movie was there," but that that's not really why I get nostalgic and why I get TV teary eyed and sad. Um, me and my friend. I don't even want to say boyfriend. We were fooling around, let's say. I mean, plus, and plus he was uh, undercover. I mean, nobody knew what was going on between us. I mean, that's the way he wanted it. And I, of course, when I get around 
real people, I have to act quite straight. You know, I couldn't act like a sissy queen like I normally do. But anyway, um, you might not like this, but I'm going to tell you a story anyway. We came home from seeing Shaft. I had the album, by the way. Yeah, I had the album before I saw the movie. So I came home and um, sitting in my mother's um, living room. Was it four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning? And um, I turned on the hi-fi. Uh, Isaac Hayes movie and um, the movie was playing the, um, excuse me the record was playing I had it low of course and I'm sitting there on the couch now mind you I'm only what 19 um, I don't think I ever had maybe one time when I was 13 I might have well I don't know if I told you the story the first time I had sex with a, with a female and I need to do that again anyway so I was 19 and uh I'm sitting there, we're sitting on the couch, we're both high, and we both was horny, I could tell, and don't ask me what happened, it's something just snapped, and I started playing with his penis, through his pants, and he dared me, now we're both high, he dared me to give him a blowjob, he dared me, I dare you to do this, and I did it, and yada 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 and when we finish he said to me the only reason why you're doing this because you ain't getting no P-U-S-S-Y and I'm like okay whatever you think I did it because I love you but I found out through my years on this planet uh, love is overrated Uh, as I got older having sex became overrated but anyway that's my story about the black exploitation period. My first movie was Shab. I think a lot Shab was a lot of I think black black people, uh, especially black men first movie. Um with what they call the black exploitation movie. After that, I only saw uh like I said, I Shab, uh Superfly, maybe two or three other uh, Foxy Brown, maybe two or three others. After that I didn't see anymore. Cause most of those black exploitation movies became really boring, very boring. And uh, it's it's like the, they had a stupid plot, and I think they only made them with black actor actors to, just to get black people to come out and spend their money. But it wasn't, and not all movies like was like that. But anyway, you just heard the craziness that lives inside my head. <laughs>